there. My name is Sarah Bowling, and I'm so excited that you're listening to my podcast. I'm praying that God speaks to you through this podcast. Your heart is encouraged and overflowing with love. Thank you so much for listening. Love to have you subscribe and, of course, share this with your friends. I know God has really great things for you in this time together. Thanks so much. Hey, hey, I'm totally stoked to get to hang out with you. Glad that you get to hang out with me and I get to introduce to you. Well, first of all, I want you to subscribe, right? Because this is an amazing, amazing channel. We've got great content. And here's your joke. What color is the wind? It is blue. Blue. <laughs> I know, stupid, huh? I know, I know, I know. But this is my new friend, Jason Cusick. Yeah. Right? Did yeah. I say that right? Yeah, great. Yeah, nice. perfect. Nice, nice. Perfect. I'm like, yeah. let's see. Let's see. Another good. So, Jason, where are you from? I'm from Southern California, born mm-hmm. and raised. Mm-hmm. Southern California. Mm-hmm. In and out, dude? In and out. Mm-hmm. In and out. I like your In and Out burger. Perfect. Uh, uh, double double mm-hmm. protein style. Mm-hmm. So, very California. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Animal, no? Uh, animal fries sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you do the shakes? Strawberry shake. Strawberry, strawberry <laughs> shake. Yeah. You know you're going out really well. Well, uh, you yeah. know, I got yeah. trained. That's right. They yeah. moved here to Denver. Like, well, God bless you. I That's agree. Right. That's right. You got it. You got it. So, Jason, married kids? Yeah, I'm, uh, my wife and I have been married for 29 years. Yeah. And uh, we have three kids, two college age, one high school age. Huh. That's cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And uh, what do you guys do for hobbies, hanging out? Um, Art. I do some uh, kind of steampunk metal art uh, on the side, kind of stress relief mm-hmm. kind of thing. Uh, and my, my family are, are big uh, movie fans. We love watching movies. Oh. All kinds of movies, everything that's out. So we really enjoy that. Marvel? So Marvel stuff, DC stuff, mm-hmm. more Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, big, big movie. Fans. Favorite movie? Ah, uh, gosh, it's more like my genre. Okay. You know, so I've got a lot of favorite stuff. So, yeah. What's your yeah. favorite genre? I, I like sci-fi stuff. I like old school sci-fi, even Star Wars, old Star Wars, yep. stuff like that. So not Star Trek? Not a, not a, I grew up with Star Trek, not a, not a big fan, but um, you know, my grown-up years, a lot of my growing up years were in front of the TV. I'm Gen Xer, Latchkey Kid. So uh mom's at work, my dad passed away when I was young, and so I kind of grew up in front of the television. Mm-hmm. So uh, a lot of good Good Larry education and drawing exactly. exactly. Mr. Rogers. Uh-huh. Yeah, all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever do Zoom? Come on in Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. I know that's kind yeah. of way back. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I could tell that. You had some memories. That's great. And in high school, did you do any like good sports or? No, no sports. Allergic to sports. Uh, that's not me. But I was into like speech and debate. I wasn't a Christian when I was in high school. Right. And, uh, but I was really into speech and debate and, and several of my, uh, Christian friends in high school, they're like, you're going to be a preacher one day. You're going to be a pastor one day. Cause you seem to do that, but really into drama and really into speech and debate. Mm-hmm. So that kind of shaped me to be a verbal person mm-hmm. and kind of got me out of my introversion as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Introversion. What do you mean by it? Like, did you think you were introverted when you were growing up? Yeah, I, I was a pretty interior person. Mm-hmm. I, I spent a lot of time in my in my brain. Mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time in my head. Yeah. Um, and and I think even growing up, I spent a lot of time alone. Mm-hmm. So uh, in the fantasy world of, of movies mm-hmm. and things, I originally wanted to be a filmmaker before I uh, before I felt a call to ministry. So yeah. that's part of why I love movies. Uh-huh. 
kind of live in that world. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Do you have siblings? I have an older brother mm -hmm. uh, lives nearby, and yeah, one older brother, two years older than me. Mm -hmm. Is your mom still alive? My mom is alive. Yeah, my mom is uh, a walking miracle. She's 76 years old and has had pancreatic cancer for seven years. Mm -hmm. uh, no treatment. Um, God is just, she says, God has me around for a reason. So uh, um, she goes to the church that I pastor her at. Uh, mm -hmm. she's, she sits on the, on the fourth row on the, on the right. I can see her in the yeah. right. <laughs> and she's an amazing, amazing woman who, who raised uh, two teenage boys on her own um, after my dad died. So mm -hmm. amazing, amazing woman. And how did your dad die? He had leukemia. Yeah, back in the old days when... Um, we were just trying to figure out even how to treat that. Mm -hmm. um, and he, he was the 36th person in the world to get a bone marrow transplant mm -hmm. when they were just trying to figure that stuff out. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, it was rough. I was 11 years old. Mm -hmm. um, so it was a, a, a big change in our life. But it got me kind of, I was around hospitals mm -hmm. a lot when I was a kid, uh, UCLA Medical Center in particular. Mm -hmm. so. What did you think about that when you were growing up? At 11 years old, it was kind of fun. I mean, we walked around Westwood at 11, mm -hmm. 11 years old, hanging around in Santa Monica. And um, I didn't really understand all that was going on. But I ended up, my my first ministry job was getting involved in hospital ministry, mm -hmm. which it seemed like God was sowing some seeds there early on with me mm -hmm. to be around hospitals and patients and doctors and nurses. And, mm -hmm. uh, I ended up, uh, one of my first jobs was at the hospital that my dad had got treatment in and died in. Um, and so it was an opportunity for me to go back and experience that place in a, in a different way, which was really, really powerful and, and beautiful. I was so humbled by it. Mm -hmm. so. What did you do? What was that? What job? So I was a hospital chaplain. Mm -hmm. um, so I mostly worked, uh, we rotated around. I went through a training program at UCLA for hospital chaplaincy. And so I was on the oncology unit and, um, and rotated around on some other units, including working in the ER. Mm -hmm. So I was there full time, uh, worked on call on weekends as a social worker in the ER and, and did that work in my, gosh, my mid twenties, which was just an amazing opportunity to, to learn so much and, and to meet so many different people. It was in Westwood. So it was very diverse and eclectic people from all over the world. So I really got a chance, a lot like you, I mean, you're globally aware and globally involved. You know, the, the minute we get outside of our small world, yeah. we see people and we see God's plan for the world so differently. Yeah. It's so easy for us to get locked into our own little neighborhood or our own little way of seeing things. And that kind of just blew my mind in a great way. Yeah. yeah. How long did you do that? I did that for, I was a year at UCLA and then I was another seven or eight years at a, at a local hospital right around the area where I lived, um, where I was their first uh, non-Catholic chaplain hmm. in a Catholic hospital. So I did that for seven years. Wow. Worked on the bioethics committee and uh, pain management committee and stuff like that, trying to really help people get the right kind of pain management and, and, and address spiritual things. So even like the the body and the physiological stuff um, is really interesting to me and important to me. We just talked about this right before yeah, we came yeah, on yeah. that God made us, you know, body, soul, and spirit. 
And there's something beautiful about when we can understand how all those work together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And concert, because they're not pieces and parts. Remember, what was the, the Wendy's commercial? Or there was one that was like purchase parts. Yeah, yeah, that. right, right. And sometimes I think we separate stuff. And when we do that, then we it, the disconnection doesn't necessarily make an integrated whole. Yeah, it's like a, a good order of animal fries. Yeah. Where you've got all the ingredients yeah. of those gravy and out burger animal fries yeah. all mixed together. Yeah, and not just poured on the top. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if the fries are warm, that helps all the more. So much better. We need to get something right after. <laughs> <laughs> I'm missing my in out burger. So. Yeah. Last time I had the animal fries, they didn't, one, the fries were cold. Come and on. Two, they just poured on. I'm like, come on. You, y'all need to start over. Come on, Anna. There's some kind of training gap. Yeah, yeah. They'll get it together. They'll get it together. It's, just, it's we'll Denver. It's Denver. We have an establishment in California. We're learning. We're learning. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So are you a beach dude? Not a beach person. My, you know, my mom couldn't swim. Uh, my mom still can't swim. So she was always afraid of the water. So we were never a beach family. We were, we were. I mean, the church I'm at now, we're five minutes from the beach. Um, but I was never a beach goer. So that's been kind of a new thing to get used to beach community and um, and... Uh, but no, I didn't grow up with that. Not a surfer. Not a, even learned to swim later in life. Not even early in life because yeah. my mom would panic by having me anywhere that she couldn't get in to get me afterwards. So yeah, you know, didn't get to got, got to enjoy the beautiful weather in Southern California. Yeah, not the beach that much. Yeah, yeah. And you said something I, because I read the intro in your anxiety field guidebook, which I really like. You talked a little bit about your mom and some of the kind of. Some of her worry and stress and checking to make sure the toaster was unplugged yeah. and the doors locked. Yeah. Uh, you said that kind of had a little bit of some impact on you. Yeah, my mom grew up, well, we grew up in a home where she was kind of a, we always saw her as a neat freak and we made fun of her for having to have everything in order. Uh, but it was only later that, that, that she realized and that I realized, wow, this is undiagnosed. OCD. This is obsessive compulsive disorder. And um, I know people say nowadays, oh, I got OCD, but that's actually a condition Mm -hmm. um, that's treatable and manageable. Um, But that's been a part of her life. And I think early on, I either was taught it indirectly or I caught it genetically, whatever the case is. Um, But that was part of my story too. Uh, A need to have things uh, a particular way and having a sense of anxiety and distress when they're not that way. Mm-hmm. And that was really one of my first forays into thinking about my own anxiety mm-hmm. was just identifying, do I have OCD? Mm-hmm. And if I do, what do you do about that? Because I always had these extreme ideas yeah. about people that have OCD, you know, yeah. like hoarders and, the, and the yeah. people that can't leave their home. Uh, but I realized it's actually a lot more common uh, than I knew. Hmm. And and that's helped me a lot to learn a little bit more and have a little bit more empathy. You mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Toilet paper over and under. Yeah, over and under. And, you know, I, there was a story at, um, from my church. We were doing some decorating at our church. And one of our volunteers set up a nativity display. And, and she said, hey, could you come over and check this out? And I was like, no, it's, I'm sure it's fine. And she was like, no, I've worked with you several years. I just want to make sure that you, you like this. And I was like, I'm sure it's fine. And she said, can you please come and look at it? Because last year you asked me to move it, but you only asked me to move it about five inches to the right. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> like what, what is going on with me that I have 
this kind of particularity. And in, in, in my job and in other jobs that I've had, that kind of particularity is sometimes looked at as like noble perfectionism. Uh -huh. But no, it's not. It's, it's anxiety. Mm -hmm. And it's not perfectionism. It's obsessionism. Mm -hmm. And that's why I've been having to learn, what do I do with those unresolved feelings when something's not right? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of at the heart of what I've been kind of learning about myself with anxiety. Mm -hmm. Any keys? Yeah, I think the, the biggest thing that struck me was that anxiety is a normal thing in life. Like God's designed our bodies and our brains to have anxiety, like the swimming example. Sure. Before I learned how to swim, if I walked up to a deep pool of water, I got anxious. Mm. That's good. Yeah. That prevents me from drowning. Yeah. And the way that, as I was reading about this, like God designed our bodies, when we sense a threat, our eyes dilate to allow more light in, blood rushes to our arms to give us more activity, um, adrenaline is produced from our renal glands mm -hmm. to get us ready for action. And then when the threat is gone, our eyes change, our blood flows differently the adrenaline is reabsorbed. Mm. And that is part of the gift of God to prepare us for a threat. The problem is, is if we are preparing for a threat and the threat goes away, but the body doesn't turn up. Or our body awakens to a threat, but there's no threat. And that's what really, that's the bad side of anxiety. So the good side is, Boy, if you were in danger, mm -hmm. your body goes to work right That's away. Right. You don't even have to think about it. You have to say, blood, start pumping. You know, oh, the, the, right. the body does that and God designed it that way. Right. But what if the body is just doing something mm. and the brain is doing something and it feels like it's out of our control? Well, that's the opportunity where you say, okay, God, help me to yep. learn how to yep. manage this thing happening in my body and mm -hmm. my brain. And that, that, that also kind of de-shamed it for me. Yeah. Because I think anxiety and unwanted thoughts and feelings, mm -hmm. it's embarrassing. Mm -hmm. You know, Bible says, don't be anxious. Don't worry. Okay, let me stop. What happens when it doesn't stop? Yeah. So I think that's helped me a lot, just realizing this is normal. Mm -hmm. And then I can learn some new skills yeah. that can help. Yeah, yeah, totally good, totally good. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening, watching. Uh, of course, hit the notification bell right there because that will give you an update when we put up new content. Thank you for subscribing and answer this question. Um, what causes you to be anxious? What's the most common thing identified? What causes you to be anxious? Like, uh, it makes you think a little bit, but write that in the comments because it's kind of cool to see. And then also it gives me some ideas about what I can do in terms of more more episodes and series and things that we can kind of talk through a little bit. So I appreciate your input and thanks again for subscribing, watching, and listening. Hey there, thanks so much for listening today. I'm super stoked to get time with you. And of course, I'd love for you to subscribe, share this with your friends, and really sense God working through you as well as in you in these words. So thanks again for listening and we'll catch you next time.